Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com. It's Friday, November 3rd. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. St. Louis is like a lot of other metropolitan areas with plenty of downtown office space. But companies are increasingly moving out of that area as they try to bring back employees in person after years of remote work. We looked at this as a competition. You love being at home. You want to stay at home. I want to compete with your home. Coming up, St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt examines how the trend may affect the future of St. Louis's downtown. Illinois Senator Dick Durbin is calling for a ceasefire in the war between Israel and Hamas. He's the number two ranking Democrat in the Senate and one of the first members of the chamber to say it's time for a ceasefire. I think it is, at least uh, under uh, in the context of both sides agreeing. For example, the release of those who have been kidnapped should be part of this immediate release. Uh, that should be the beginning of it. Durbin says any end to fighting must hinge on Hamas freeing hostages. He made the comments yesterday on CNN. President Joe Biden favors a humanitarian pause in fighting. He has not used the word ceasefire. Legislation under consideration by the St. Louis Board of Aldermen would eliminate the retirement age requirement for some long-serving city firefighters. St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports. Since 2012, firefighters have had to reach age 55 to get full retirement benefits, regardless of how long they were with the department. But that penalizes firefighters who were hired at a younger age, says Union President Dan Clark. One firefighter hit 30 years of service over the summer, but isn't yet 55. While he's waiting to hit age 55, he's now paying 9% into the system where he will receive no extra benefit. A 2020 estimate says the proposal would have boosted the city's pension contribution by $83,000 that year. It contributed about $13 million to firefighter pensions this fiscal year. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. Two more cities in the St. Louis region are trying to pass a sales tax on recreational marijuana. St. Charles and St. John have a 3% tax on recreational marijuana on the ballot Tuesday. The two municipalities would join more than 40 cities and four Missouri counties that have already passed a similar tax. St. John City Manager Robert Connell says the St. Louis County community wants to be transparent for potential marijuana dispensaries. We didn't feel that it would be right to have a dispensary come into town and then we vote for it after the fact. Um, we just wanted to be upfront with everyone. Missouri voters passed recreational marijuana last year. Madison County Transit is temporarily changing, reducing, and discontinuing a few bus routes starting early next month. St. Louis Public Radio's Will Bauer reports transit leaders are making the moves because of a driver shortage. Similar to moves made by St. Louis area services like Metro Coloride, Madison County Transit leadership feels like it has no other option. Managing Director S.J. Morrison says MCT is short 15 to 20 drivers. He says they have been mandating overtime, but they don't want to continue down that path. It's becoming very difficult for the drivers. We're afraid that it's going to hurt morale. It could lead to fatigue. It's just not a good situation for anybody. The temporary solution will be changing one route in Alton, dropping three routes to hourly instead of every 30 minutes, and cutting two routes to the warehouse district near Edwardsville and Pontoon Beach. The changes start December 3rd. I'm Will Bauer, St. Louis Public Radio.
Illinois lawmakers return to Springfield next week for the second half of their fall veto session, giving advocates of a private school scholarship program one last chance to push for an extension. The Invest in Kids initiative was launched in 2018 and is set to expire at the end of the year. Many Democrats and the state's largest teachers' unions want the initiative to end as scheduled, calling it a backdoor voucher program. But moderates and Republicans are pushing for renewal. Senate Republican leader John Curran says his caucus is prepared to see the program scaled back for the sake of its survival. You know, while we would like to see the program made permanent, we realize, um, you know, it's going to take compromise to get this program extended. Invest in Kids costs the state $75 million a year in tax breaks for donors to private school scholarship funds, which awarded nearly 10,000 scholarships last year. A couple dozen people gathered last night at the International Institute of St. Louis for its first observance of the Day of the Dead. It's a largely Mexican tradition in which people make offerings to honor loved ones who've died. St. Louis Public Radio's Jeremy Goodwin reports. Burning incense sat at the foot of three altars bedecked with electric candles, yellow marigolds, and photos people had placed of deceased loved ones. Ario Benson is the International Institute's president and CEO. He says the event is part of an effort the Institute launched last month to better connect with Latino communities. It made sense for us, on the one hand, trying to engage the Latino audience, on the other hand, embrace the Latino culture in every sense of the word. The Day of the Dead celebration included live music and traditional dance. Artist Leticia Seitz of Arte Roja organized it. She hopes it will become an annual tradition at the International Institute. I'm Jeremy Goodwin, St. Louis Public Radio. Downtown St. Louis has long served as the place where many companies housed offices, but the pandemic and remote work upended the status quo, with some businesses opting for new space beyond the region's urban core. St. Louis Public Radio's Eric Schmidt examines what that may mean for the future of downtown St. Louis. The inside of this century-old factory building buzzes with activity. Construction workers are putting the final touches on a project to revitalize a space in the Hill neighborhood that developer Hani Abenader says has long sat empty. It had been boarded up since like the 1980s. I mean, you literally in daylight, you couldn't see your hand in front of your face in this space. It's very different now. Natural light pours through huge arched windows into this repurposed office, complete with standard cubicles and conference rooms. It's the new home of personal injury law firm Brown and Crouppen, which had been in one metropolitan square downtown. Andy Crouppen is one of the firm's managing partners. He says many of his employees are still working from home because of the pandemic. We knew that was going to be a challenge, and so... A challenge in what way? To get people to want to come back to work. I think especially when we started this project, Nobody wanted to come back to work. Crouppen says he hopes this new space will convince many to come back in person. We looked at this as a competition. You love being at home. You want to stay at home. I want to compete with your home. He says this office is different from ones the firm had in the past, with more places designed for work if someone wants a change of scenery. And then there are the extras. Crouppen points out an Airstream that's also a conference room, full gym, and even a curated public art gallery. Margaret McDonald is a senior principal at architecture firm HOK, which designed this interior. 
She says companies across the country continue to wrestle with how to get their workers back in person. Firms that are saying you must go back into the office and must be there, it's not resonating well with a lot of people. Instead, McDonald's says it's more important to emphasize the things you can't get at home as easily, say mentoring, technology, or a new building with some of those other extra amenities. In the St. Louis region, those kinds of offices largely aren't downtown, and Brown and Crouppen is far from the only business to relocate in recent years. International Downtown Association CEO and President David Downey says this is normal in any downturn, economic or pandemic. There is always a migration to quality. Downey adds the pandemic didn't change things so much as accelerate the trends that were already happening. Those urban centers who are already looking to serve a broader audience than just one particular segment of the economy did prove more resilient. He says downtowns need multiple sectors that can serve visitors in the daytime, nighttime, and from out of town. But St. Louis lags. Data from the University of Toronto finds activity downtown is about half of what it was before the pandemic. Christopher Randall directs community impact for the recently opened 21C Museum Hotels St. Louis, which is downtown. Sometimes St. Louisans are bad for doing things the way they've always been done and wanting to see things the way they have always been. He says he's worked downtown for the past decade and there's always been an ebb and flow. Randall says he feels the area is on the cusp of a resurgence, given developments like the nearby MLS stadium, Union Station, and even new apartments next door. People are intentionally moving into St. Louis, and they're moving into downtown. They're coming from spaces all over the country. Randall says these transplants see the best of the city, which can help drive a rebound. He says it just may not be on the timeline that people expect. I'm Eric Schmidt, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Brian Moline edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association. Missouri produces wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details on the variety of products made in the state are at ChooseWood.com.